from Adventist World Radio in Pune. A warm welcome to you as you join us. This is our international English service. Today in our program, we bring music from Benji Koshi and Family Reunion Concert. A story driven to witness. Followed by a nature study on light. We end our program with a message from God's word on the topic, The Golden Gate. I'm Sharad and I'm Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio the voice of hope Let's begin our program with a song Forever at Thy Throne You heard a song by Benji Koshi on AWR and now our friend Rhoda will tell a story entitled Driven to Witness. Panic struck as I walked toward the Greyhound station, loading bay and saw my bus already heading down the street toward the highway. What's going on? I exclaimed as I looked at my watch. We hadn't been in the station even 5 minutes yet. 
When the bus driver had said we had a five to ten minute stop, I had gone into the station to use the restroom. I dashed back inside and begged the attendant to call the driver to stop the bus. No, I can't do that, she said. What am I going to do? I was becoming panicky. My bag is on the back seat of that bus, and my luggage is in the luggage compartment heading for Los Angeles. Then I seemed to hear God's voice telling me, "I am still in control." But what are you going to do? I shot back. I am in the middle of the New Mexico desert. I don't know a soul, and my destination is miles away. Suddenly, I heard myself talking to a stranger standing at the counter. Can you drive me to the next town? I asked him three times, almost in tears. Simon, I have a reason for this. God seemed to be saying. Slowly, I calmed down and started praying. I asked the stranger one more time if he would drive me to the next bus station, about forty miles down the road. To my amazement, he finally said yes. As we drove toward the next Greyhound station. I had a chance to talk to this kind man about God. Forty-five minutes later, the bus passengers were surprised to see me walking calmly up to the bus at the next town. I told them about the power of prayer and how God had a way planned to provide help for me before the trouble had even started. I heard some of the passengers discussing my answered prayer as the bus continued toward Los Angeles. This experience taught me that God is with us in all our trials, and He has a solution figured out before we even know we are in trouble. And I learned that sharing what God has done for me when I'm in trouble is one of the best ways to tell others about Him. Thank you, Rhoda, for sharing that nice story. You are listening to the Voice of Hope from Pune, India. Coming up next is a nature study on light. This will be brought to you by Jennifer. God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Genesis one three. As God began to create the world on the very first day, He spoke the words, "Let there be light," and the Bible story of creation reports there was light. God just spoke, and there it was, light. Light is composed of all the color rays coming together. If you have access to a prism, which is a three-sided glass object, you can see the different colors that are in the white light because the prism separates the light into its different colors. The reason for the different colors is that God created each color with a different wavelength as it travels through space. Light travels at one hundred and eighty-six thousand two hundred and eighty-two miles in one second. That is really traveling. If we multiply that by sixty seconds, we find light travels over eleven million miles in one minute, or six hundred and seventy million six hundred and fifteen thousand. 200 miles an hour because of the tremendous distance of space scientists do not measure it in miles but in light years the distance travels in one year 
the expanse of heaven is so vast that if God shut off the light rays from the sun, we would still have the light for about 8 and one third minutes as it takes about 500 seconds for the light to travel from the sun to the earth. Light travels nearly 6 trillion miles in one year and that is difficult for us to comprehend. Light is very important to all life living here on this earth. Without light, most vegetation cannot grow. Man has created artificial light in light bulbs, candles, kerosene lamps and matches. But only God could create the light that lights up the universe. We cannot understand how, but God spoke and light was there with all of the color waves. God had an orderly plan in His creation, so the light came first. Aren't you glad that as a God of love, He thought ahead about how to have His children enjoy the outdoors? He gave them light to see by. I thank Him for this light. What about you? Thank Him this morning. You heard a nature study told by Jennifer on AWR. For more details on our program, you could contact us on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. Before you hear God's word, we have a song for you by Family Reunion Concert. Hallelujah, home at last. Beep! 
of the day comes to you from God's word on the topic the golden gate this message will be presented by pastor edwin matthews it was a clear spring day in jerusalem archaeology student james fleming was on a picture taking expedition along the east wall it seemed to him a perfect kind of a day to explore the walls and the gates of old jerusalem His special interest that day was the Golden Gate. With his camera slung over his shoulder, he picked his way carefully among the Muslim gravestones that dot the hillside until he reached his objective. The Golden Gate has long been an attraction to a Jerusalem visitor. Today it is sealed up, but from the Mount of Olives even a novice can see that it was probably the primary eastern entrance to the ancient city no one knows when it was walled up perhaps by the crusaders when they captured the city in 10999 or maybe it was closed by suleiman the magnificent when he built the walls of jerusalem around ad 1540 we are told that during the middle ages religious jews prayed there as much as they do now at the western wall christians associate the golden gate with palm sunday or with the second coming of christ the quran says god's final judgment will take place at the golden gate each of the two portals of the golden gate bears an arabic name that associates it with the judgment the northern arc is called the gate of repentance and the southern the gate of mercy that is why there are so many muslim graves at the site when the great resurrection day comes they want to be close to where the action is from the vantage point east of the city the golden gate can be seen to occupy a prominent place about 100 yards north of the imposing golden domed muslim shrines sometimes mistakenly called the mosque of omar i say mistakenly called because it is not a mosque and it was not built by omar enough of that for now we'll be talking more about that later as james flengen knelt in the soft ground to focus his camera suddenly the earth beneath him gave way and he tumbled into the dark recesses of an ancient tomb dazed he looked up from the piles of bones in which he was lying at the dim light that filtered through the hole through which he had fallen some 12 to 14 feet above the floor of his prison his first thought was how can i get out of here will this hole become my tomb as well a quick survey comforted him with the thought that the stones and debris that had fallen with him and the bones that littered the floor could be heaped up into enough of a mound to enable him to reach the lip and scramble out now that his ultimate escape was assured he could satisfy his curiosity 
by exploring the underground chamber that had threatened to hold him prisoner. As his eyes became accustomed to the dim light, he could make out the first of all the human bones that lay about him. It seemed to him that as many as thirty or forty human skeletons were scattered in the disarticulated pile on the floor of the tomb. Some of them were still connected by cartilage, which was evidence to him that at least some of them had been deposited there within the last century. Why, he wondered, were so many people buried in one grave? Did they die in war, in plague, in famine? But soon, something caught his attention that made him lose all interest in the bones and why they were there. Since he had been close to the wall when he had fallen, he now saw that the wall continued beneath the surface of the earth and beneath the golden gate above him. To his amazement, he saw in the dim light the outline of the top stones of the arc of an older gate. With trembling hands, he propped his camera on some of the rock rubble and took some time exposures, hoping against hope that some of the pictures would turn out. Then he scrampered out of the hole and returned to the school. Next day he returned with some flash equipment for better pictures. But in the meantime, some of the guards that patrolled the Muslim sacred places had discovered the hole and repaired it. Since he was studying archaeology, you might imagine it would be easy to bring some of the official diggers from the university to open the hole and explore further. Unfortunately, the tense political situation around Jerusalem and especially around the ancient Temple Mount makes it virtually impossible to do any digging. The Temple Mount is sacred to three great religions, Judaism, Islam and Christianity. It is sacred to the Jews because on this spot the first temple was built by Solomon. Burnt by Nebuchadnezzar in 587 BC, it was rebuilt by Zerubbabel. About 40 years before Jesus was born, the temple of Zerubbabel had fallen into serious disrepair. Herod the Great decided to ingratiate himself with his Jewish subjects by rebuilding the temple. It was in this temple that Jesus walked and talked and healed the people. The Temple Mount is sacred to the Muslim because they revere Abraham as their father. On the top of this mount, Abraham is believed to have offered his son Isaac. There is also a tradition that the Prophet Muhammad was caught up to the seventh heaven from this spot. As a visitor to the Dome of Rock, Muslim shrine is shown the hoof print in the solid stone where Muhammad's black horse launched himself and his master on the journey. To the Christian, the mount is sacred because it was here that Jesus walked and talked. It was here in the temple that Peter and John and Stephen preached. It was here that Apostle Paul was arrested and shipped off to Rome for trial before Caesar. There is an excellent reason why archaeological digging cannot be done 
on or near the Temple Mount. The city of Jerusalem has through the centuries been overrun by invaders again and again. At the time of Christ, it was controlled by Rome. In 590 AD, the Persians swept in from the east and took Jerusalem. The Roman Byzantine emperor was not able to retake it until 628, but just 10 years later, the Arab hordes under Caliph Omar captured the Holy Land. A later Caliph, Abd al-Malik, in 690 AD, erected the magnificent shrine Qubat al-Sakra on the mount where the Temple of Solomon had stood. This shrine, now called the Dome of the Rock, and the sacred platform on which it stands, represent to the Muslim one of the three most sacred spots on earth. Consequently, when James Fleming was observed poking around the Golden Gate and the Muslim cemetery, the guards acted quickly to bring his exploration to an abrupt halt. Fortunately, three years later, when Fleming returned to the site with his mother, fortunately, three years later, when Fleming returned to the site with his brother, he noticed a new hole in the earth at the foot of the Golden Gate. He quickly summoned some of faculty from the Institute of Holy Land Studies in Jerusalem to see his discovery. They lowered themselves into the tomb again and took more pictures of the top stones of the ancient lower gate. Soon after the tomb was soon after that the tomb was cemented over permanently and an iron fence was erected around the area. No one knows when further exploration of the ancient gate beneath the Golden Gate will be possible. How old is the Golden Gate that is visible to tourists today and how much older is the lower gate? The upper Golden Gate now visible may have been constructed by the Arab caliphs over the rubble they found of the old Jerusalem city walls after they captured the city in the middle of 6th century. If so, it's clear they put the new gate directly above the old one. And the lower gate? How old is it? From the shape and the style of the stones that appear in the courses on either side of it, this gate seems to have been put in place by Herod the Great. If this is so, then it was no doubt through this golden gate that Jesus passed on the day of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem only five days before his crucifixion. Notice then, this intriguing Old Testament prophecy found in Ezekiel 44 verses 1 and 2. Then the man brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, the one facing east, and it was shut. The Lord said to me, This gate is to remain shut. It must not be opened. No one may enter through it. It is to remain shut because the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered through it. Perhaps it is only a coincidence that this gate is shut today. Then again, it could have something to do with this prophecy of Ezekiel that the gate through which our Lord entered must remain shut. And it may well have been at this gate 
that Peter called to the lame man as he and John entered the temple at the time of prayer. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by his hand, Peter pulled him to his feet. Instantly, the man began walking and leaping and shouting and praising God as he tried out his new healthy legs. The book of Acts tells us that this episode took place at the temple gate called Beautiful. In the Greek, the word for beautiful is oria. But when Jerome translated the scriptures into Latin, for some reason he translated Greek oria to the similar sounding Latin word oria, which means golden. Some say that is why this gate is today called the golden gate. According to the prophecy of Zechariah, someday the Lord will descend to earth. When his feet touched the Mount of Olives, it was split in two and become a great valley, part moving to the north and part to the south. The Lord will enter into the city perhaps by that golden gate. And from Jerusalem, the prophecy says the Lord will be king over all the earth. What a great day that will be. I want to be there with him, don't you? Thank you, Pastor Edwin Matthews, for sharing God's word. You are listening to the Voice of Hope from Pune, India. We believe that you've been enjoying our program. The Bible in John chapter 10 verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Dear listener, when time runs out and God shuts the door of salvation, the door to darkness and despair will open. But today, if you trust in Jesus Christ, you enter the still wide open gate into eternal life. With this we come to the end of our program. You may want to learn more on God's word and therefore you could write to us and get to know more through our Bible correspondence courses. Our address for correspondence is Adventist World Radio Post Box number 17 Pune 411001 Maharashtra India. That's Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number One Seven, Pune Four One One Zero Zero One, Maharashtra, India. You may also follow all our programs on our website, that is awr.org/englishprogram. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until then, we wish you good health and a happy home. Goodbye and God bless you.